The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 664. You may not have expected this episode this week, and frankly, neither did we. But nonetheless, uh, we're back a week earlier than we had intended from our hiatus because there's just so much darn PlayStation and gaming news to talk about as the fall season kicks in. And uh, of course, none of it is the PS5 release date or price, but we'll get there eventually. Uh, anyway, this week, I'm joined by Max Scoville. Hootaloo! Janet Garcia. What's up? And our good pal, Crash Bandicoot. Thanks there for being he here, Crash. There <laughs> he is. Uh, of course, we'll get a lot of insightful commentary. He's going to leak every level of Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. I'm very much looking forward to it. If you if you look into his eyes through the whole episode, you'll be able to find out every level. Um, no, I do want to preface just by saying, of course, uh, Gamescom just ended. So, uh, of course, a little bit of the team is to the winds. Brian is unfortunately out this week. Uh, Lucy had a doctor's appointment and couldn't be with us. Um, but we have plenty of stuff to talk about this week. And thank you to Max and Jennifer taking the time this week uh, to jump in to talk about uh, all the PlayStation and just gaming news ahead of uh the busy fall which is technically already started uh and we'll get to that in a little bit but i i did want to sort of start things off with a general playstation topic that came out uh again i feel like we we're getting all of our playstation news these days from uh corporate reports and store listings and just things that come out of nowhere but are not official sony presentations uh to fans uh but this one sony put out a corporate report for the company at large and there are a couple key things that i wanted to mention on the playstation side of it um the the main takeaways from it were one that they're looking to put more games on pc which we can get to in a bit uh but two the other the the big hand-in-hand thing was that one they want to be releasing a steadier stream of first party games more quickly and two they are still looking to acquire more studios so even though they acquired insomniac in 2019 and insomniac is going to be delivered to launch window ps5 games uh they are still looking for new studios to acquire uh so i wanted to ask the both of you like what you've enjoyed of sony's first party output this generation aside what what did you all think of i guess the volume of games they were putting out i felt like there's been a pretty steady supply of playstation exclusives especially big ones um you know like just this year we had dreams mlb the show uh last of us part two ghost of tsushima uh, and then like third party exclusives like uh, Predator uh, and Iron Man VR. It's not like it's been quiet for them. Do you feel like they need to increase the amount of games that are being put out on the exclusive side? I would love to see more from like the VR stand like front of things. Uh, and I 
I do like that there aren't the less VR exclusives there are, the better it is for VR in general, because then just like more of those games can be played and discussed. Um, but I just really want to see PlayStation support VR even more going forward in the next gen. So I would love to see extra stuff on that front. Um, but other than that, I think they always do a really good job at having a really nice spread of games across genres. It's sort of hard to find to not be able to find a game to play on PlayStation, no matter what kind of gamer you are and what you gravitate towards. And that's something that I really think is a strength. And the more they continue acquisitions, the more they can expand and delve deep uh, across genres. Max, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I I guess I'm I'm pretty happy right now because we don't really know a whole lot of what's coming. You know, we've got a few a few IPs to look forward to and a few new games, but I'm like I'm I don't know. I feel like we had there was a pretty good cadence there for a minute. And uh, I as long as we're not sort of reaching that point where was it like E3 2018, where it just they just unveiled everything. And that was I mean, that was like we just got Ghost of Tsushima. Like that was wasn't yeah. that revealed then? Like it's like the, it, that. That was uh, Paris Games Week 2017. But yeah, they basically revealed every game for the PS4 between 2016 and 2017. And then all of those games took from 2017 to 2020 to come out. Uh, yeah so like i feel i feel like it's it's less that i mean i assume that there's a bunch of stuff happening behind the scenes that we don't know about i think it's more i would i would be happier with like a a more even cadence of releases regardless of how often first party games actually come out you know what i mean yeah for sure there was definitely i i feel like it's definitely this generation in particular been a lot of hey this game has this release date in the fall actually it's coming out in the spring and then maybe it's coming out even a little later uh the year after like there were definitely a lot of games that had release dates and i think that's something that sony's aware of they don't want to be announcing release dates anymore unless they're pretty sure they're going to be hitting that release date because um uncharted 4 in particular i think had three or four release dates uh and so it's the kind of thing where they probably don't want to have to keep figuring out the marketing budget for when a new release date is going to be unlike tenant which has had 17 release dates since everything happened this year um but i I was curious what you all thought of like in terms of other companies they should acquire because sony is in uh, this interesting place of their sony first party stable is really well respected um sort of almost across the board and for the most part make somewhat similar games when it comes to genre and perspective and all that obviously there are exceptions when it comes to mlb the show and gran turismo and whatnot but in terms of the sony signature has become third person action adventure semi open world games um obviously different mechanics and different whatnot but that's sort of what they're known for would you want to see them be branching out more i remember when Sean laden was of course still with sony he had talked about one of the things he knew they were not great at was multiplayer support for uh exclusive exclusive games and he thought that was something they could improve on but i guess janet starting with you like what are what do you think they're missing in their exclusive slate uh you mentioned vr of course but like what companies would you like them to maybe acquire if those companies were interested yeah so i mean they have a lot of the heavy hitters which is a great problem to have because a lot of the the things that we would always come to mind they actually did so yay that's awesome uh one studio that comes to mind for me would be supermassive games which i know is kind of unlikely considering they just got to deal with bandai namco to do the dark pictures anthology but i love story driven experiences and sony's known for doing that but through the lens of action adventure while supermassive's library is a lot more horror choices narrative driven i think it's really cool they have that vr background so like i said earlier that could help with that psvr library as well so that would be my main pick um but i also am interested in i guess this is kind of a cop-out answer but the studios that i haven't heard of um 
I like really like what they've done teaming up with. What's the name of the studio that does Concrete Genie? Um, I'm blanking on the name. Pixel Opus, is it? Oh, and for some reason, I can't hear anything you're saying. Oh. Oh, and I heard Max right now. No, I can't hear Jonathan either. It's just one of those. I muted my mic and forgot I did that. Okay. Okay. I thought that was just. Uh, As long as it wasn't my fault, we're (laughs) good. No, yeah, it was totally my fault. I would say I didn't have coffee, but I had two cups this morning. Um, No, yeah, Pixel Opus. And they are actually, they they used to be third party, uh, and then they acquired them um, right around the time they made Entwined, I believe. But yeah, that was sort of a. I, I think they're really different from the other teams um, in terms of like scope and scale, and they're a much smaller mm-hmm. team. But I, I, I like that to what you were saying. Like, I didn't know Pixel Opus before Sony took them on, and I'm now glad they're part of the stable. Um, Max, what about you? Um, yeah, I feel like I, I saw both of your answers, and I think you kind of you picked the good ones. I honestly, <laughs> I'm racking my brains to try to think of what either didn't get scooped up by Microsoft or isn't or seems like something that would actually be up for sale. Um, I mean, there's a, you know, part of me that's like, oh, what about FromSoft? But I just feel like that wouldn't that wouldn't happen, you know? Like they're they're yeah. too kind of established as as a studio. Um, I mean, you you wrote Bluepoint. I think that's a yeah pretty obvious one. That seems like really likely. Um, that yeah, one's really good. surprising to me that it hasn't happened already, just because they're um, they always work so hand in hand. Like obviously they've done ports for other companies, but clearly Sony likes working with Bluepoint. So yeah, I mean, obviously they also got their hands dirty with the um demon souls yeah remake which is like that's a i feel like a really i mean a lot of a lot of port houses i feel like it's a really good way to kind of like learn the ropes developing for a, a, a platform um because you, you don't have to really you're not you're not as focused on like having to build a game from the ground up it's kind of like you know you're you know you're not copying somebody's work but you know you're, you're basically like working a lot of just sort of stuff behind the scenes and filling around yeah. with that you you have a, a a blueprint for lack of a better term for bluepoint uh when it comes to what you develop for next and yeah definitely them getting to do such a big ambitious exclusive title right at the jump of the ps5 feels like a a pretty good indicator that we'll see more from them uh this generation but yeah speaking to what i was uh some of my suggestions that uh you were referencing the other ones that i had mentioned were uh similar to janet like i would love Supergiant. i think is awesome and the more money they could be given would be great but it seems like they're doing really well with hades which has been early access and is finally coming to consoles with a switch at least this fall so it feels like they're in a good place but they've been sort of um bastion transistor and pyre i've really associated with playstation as time has gone on so they feel like they fit within that wheelhouse of like a smaller team but one with the right backing can make really creative uh unexpected experiences um and then i i had also mentioned i i feel like this whole thing was happening for me with control where i would be following the like tweets of remedy employees and playstation employees and trying to like connect the dots of like oh shuhei replied three times on that on that week and then the remedy pr person said this many thank yous to the playstation tweet maybe they're trying to get together as companies but uh remedy made a publishing deal with epic so probably not going to happen um but obviously control sort of had this like playstation exclusive uh deal with them so i wouldn't be surprised if we see that at least on the console front but yeah i don't i I guess i'm sort of torn on like how many studios they should acquire because like xbox is doing all every studio (laughs) well i guess i'm just curious what you guys think because xbox has acquired studios specifically with the stated goal of like we need to support game pass and we need to have games coming out at a regular cadence that are exclusive so people have a reason to subscribe to game pass PlayStation, as of right now, doesn't have that, and they already are pretty well known for exclusives. So I wonder, like, 
what the goal would be other than just having more games. <laughs> but it, it's not like they've been in a bad place uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I'm like, for me, my big thing would be getting more on the indie front and more on the VR front, because that does feel like two areas where I don't really want to say lacking because they're, they're doing so much in comparison to their competitors. But those are things that I think are niches that that Sony and uh, PlayStation can really blow up. And I mean, we saw it with like having Astrobot on VR. That's still not a game a lot of people have played simply because it's on PSVR. But it's such like an amazing game and like a landmark and like set in the stand. Like it was such a big deal and, and such a conversation point that having more of those, like they'll never get the same attention as like a triple A blockbuster game. But I think they're really important, especially in forming the identity of how we're going to talk about the PS5 moving forward. And also when we look back on it, what is it going to be known for? I do feel like Sony had sort of like for me, like PlayStation was the place for indies for such a long time. But in recent history, for me, that's that's switched over to Nintendo because it's like a handheld and also just the way they go about even just showcasing their games when they have directs and things. I think that's definitely a place where Sony used to dominate and they could really use maybe a few more studios or just a, a different kind of focusing maybe in their um, state of plays to kind of remind people what are the other types of experiences you can get on a PlayStation console and what does PlayStation stand for in terms of next gen gaming? Yeah, I think you're totally right. And I, I, it feels like they have been starting to do that, especially they hired uh, Greg Rice from Double Fine to sort of help like lead the indie charge. And the, there are other people like uh, Sean Benson, other members of that team that really do focus on the indie outreach. And at least in recent months, it feels like they've been drumming that up more. But yeah, they don't have sort of the like indie world showcase um, moniker or things like that that Nintendo is now known for that I totally agree. I used to think of PlayStation, especially in the Vita era, as like they were the place for indies uh, and that doesn't quite happen. But yeah, I, I also like on the VR front, it's really interesting because they are saying like, hey, VR is going to be supported in the PS5 era and we're, you know, PSVR will be backward compatible. We're not talking about PSVR 2 yet, but like that feels all but given. Uh, and to have that stable, it, it is that give and take of, I, more VR availability of games, the more people will talk about it, but also having that platform shored up will mean more people will come to this and support that platform. So. I, I wonder if there's some pretty fierce competition on the VR space because like Oculus has been nailing down exclusive deals for like left and right. Um, yeah. And we've seen a lot of sort of timed exclusivity of stuff going on on Rift or um, not Rift, but uh, it's called um, Quest. Oculus. Quest, Oculus, yeah. But um, yeah. when you put all those together, <laughs> it means something. That's the yeah. name, yeah. And I mean, I get the feeling that that was very much like that is Facebook money. Like that's like a crazy like I think they're just kind of really coming out swinging and just trying to get like as much, um, you know, cool stuff on that storefront as possible. Yeah. Uh, and it's I mean, Sony, it always it always sort of PSVR always like I, I love I love it. I'm I'm fascinated by it. It sort of kind of feels like it. It it has like it has waning support, but I mean, apparently not if it's going to be supported by uh, PS5. Um, and it's I mean, it's a VR. Exactly. It is such a, a, a niche thing. Like it's it, we, I think there was a minute where we were like, is this the future of gaming? And it's like, not really. You know, it's like a, just a weird little sort of side, <laughs> you know, <laughs> side excursion. It's a hobby within a hobby. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't. Yeah. When it comes down to like what kind of a studio Sony would go scooping up, I I think the yeah. multiplayer thing is interesting because like that you look at their sort of their portfolio of, of what they have and it's they're really um they're, it's it's not much in the multiplayer front and that's obviously something that they really um when you see games as a service and, and these whole ecosystems of, of player bases like that's a, the kind of thing that i imagine they'd want to attract um yeah you know I, I, <laughs> sorry go ahead 
I was I was going to say there's like clearly not a shortage of people playing PlayStation <laughs> hardware. So it's like it doesn't does it really matter if you don't have a multiplayer presence if you people are playing Destiny on your on your platform or Fortnite or whatever. Yeah, that that might come down to them making more of these exclusive deals. Like I don't think the Spider-Man Avengers deal is the last one we're going to see uh, when it comes to that sort of exclusive content. And maybe instead of investing in a team, investing in those relationships so that you're the place people think I need to go to play Avengers, Call of Duty, Destiny, whatnot, like that may be where they're heading these days. Because, um, yeah, Sony has definitely tried in the past with games like mag and warhawk and obviously like socom uh, more successfully but they've intermittently tried to go like all in on multiplayer and it just never quite stuck uh and so i wonder if maybe they'll just look to third parties for that but yeah a, a studio just before we switch topics that i thought they would have picked up on the vr side would be ready at dawn the people who made uh the order and also the psp god of war games obviously they had a relationship with sony but they've gone like all in on vr but oculus scooped them up and so that's yeah like you were saying max another studio that's off the table unfortunately for psvr and like janet was saying like it it further segments the vr user base because now if i want to play arguably all the best vr games i need three to four headsets which is yeah a, a little is much a for, for a one-bedroom apartment it's a little bit of a problem but yeah it's a I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more VR focus, but that probably won't come until they introduce whatever the new version of that hardware. You know, what would be cool as hell if the PlayStation VR two was compatible with PC. Like we've Ooh, seen, yeah. we've seen that Sony really like cool. dumping some of their first party stuff on PC. And it's like, that would be a, you know, I mean, they, they had that with like, they had that with the connect, you know, not to invoke that <laughs> awful thing, but like, you know, the idea is like, Hey, this thing works with your console, but it also works with your PC. If you want to answer that, it might've been a separate version or something, but like there's, you know, theoretically, no reason that you couldn't like they they make PSVR games on PC. Like, it's not like that's, you know, it has to be exclusively PlayStation. Totally. Yeah. Nice and and that speaks to, you know, the other thing they were saying about bringing other games to PC. And they, this came up a lot with the Horizon story. And people are like, oh, no, Sony is abandoning the one thing that matters. They're exclusives and everything's over. And that's very clearly like they put out a three year old game on PC three years after its launch and that is the only pc game they announced at that time like they are very clearly doing a to me at least the model of bringing some of their older games to another wide platform to get interest in the games that they will then have exclusively going forward in the coming years like if someone plays horizon on pc doesn't have a ps4 but sees horizon 2 is coming to ps5 and loved it they might want to go buy a ps5 when maybe they didn't want to earlier like it just it makes sense on that business level and i'm not surprised they're going to keep supporting that platform uh, when it comes to that, I don't know if if that shocks either of you, but that feels like just a, a very logical move. Well, for me, I feel like when it's on PC, like it doesn't count. Like, is, and I mean that in a <laughs> in a non horrible way. It's just kind of like I, I feel like a lot of times when we talk about console exclusives, like that term is really evolved over time, and now it's sort of oh, this is exclusive to Xbox, but it's also on PC. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah we don't talk about that part. And I think with PlayStation, <laughs> it kind of runs similarly. Obviously, it's not a one to one because the way Microsoft functions with PC, it's essentially the same thing. They're interchangeable because you can just launch Game Pass on your computer and it's almost the same service with the same stuff. Um, I don't think PlayStation would ever get to that extent, but it just, it's not shocking to see this kind of move. And it's also just a different market base. Like I don't personally feel like I am losing the value of what my PS4 had if that game's also on PC, because the chances are like, if you're a console player, you might not, have a pc or be a big pc gamer like i'm someone that owns a pc that can 
run games and I use it sometimes to game, but I'm mainly a console player. So for me, when I'm thinking about what to get, like the, the easiest answer is always the PC. It has the most stuff. It's the most powerful. It's the most interchange. Like that's always the answer. But like, I think everyone that for the most part, people who buy consoles are in it for a different reason and like consoles because they like the simplicity and they like the culture that comes with it. And that's just kind of a, that kind of lives separately from PC to begin with, for me at least. Yeah, yeah I, I personally, my enjoyment of games hinges entirely on how many people are allowed to play the game. So if less people can <laughs> yeah. play it, I have more fun. Exactly. Astrobot sure. was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It actually but, was yeah. amazing. But, yeah. You you yeah. just recently played it, right? I Jen? did. I loved it so much. I'm so glad I got to play it because I, I finally, um, you know, my living situation changed and like I now live with my brother again and he I left my PSVR headset with him. So when I when he came over to LA where I now live and he brought the headset. I'm like, I'm finally going to play Astro. I've been thinking about it for years <laughs> and oh, it was just, it was so much fun. It's like such an old game. So I'm like, I know no one cares about this conversation. Oh no, please. I, I love Astrobot. So it was like just such a joyful experience. And it's like, so like rare to really feel like that pure joy from a game. Like a lot of times there's like, Oh, you're having fun or it's compelling or it's difficult or it's like gut wrenching. And those are all like, positive things in their own way but i'm like astrobot's just fun the music's amazing you're like it it had like kind of a super mario sunshine vibe with the way you could like hover and <laughs> there was that weird sexy spider boss that no one oh, talked yeah. about i feel like enough what was with that i was confused oh, yeah. it was confusing time oh, wow. i gotta look involved. this up this is <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah look up astrobot uh probably just astrobot spider boss and that'll get okay. you yeah it's this. horrifying because i did die during that boss and if you die the spider kisses you and it's in vr so oh, you're my. like right there oh, yeah i don't and need i'm a, like I don't need oh that. this is scary um but that's yeah that's horrible a, that's a great game I feel like I played that over Christmas break. So it was one of those things where like I played that boss fight and was very confused. And then I came back to work and just the world was a different time. So no one remembered. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I, I can is... mean to drop that tweet like just one random Tuesday evening. Like, hey, what's what, what's with that? Can we, can we have a conversation <laughs> on this? Because I, I just I wish I was in the room when they like were talking, we're brainstorming or figuring that out, even though I don't know if that's how game dev works where they're like, OK, it's like a spider and, you know, you can use like the webs and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. OK, I like that. But what if? it was kind of sexy and it's like who, <laughs> why does this guy keep bringing this up who lets you into this room <laughs> well and um, then what was like was it too sexy at one point was it not sexy enough like where did they feel like oh we got to the right sexiness exactly this it is was weird yeah all types of it was memorable that's she looks true. like she'd be like hassling courage the cowardly dog like there's something <laughs> and she's like I'm, she seems like very like you know she seems like sexually inclined but like She's also like, I don't know, it's she looks like somebody's aunt, too, you know? Yeah, sure. it's yeah. Mm, it's got a lot of layers. That... Yeah. <laughs> That'll be anyway. on our new PlayStation Therapy podcast that we'll get to. Uh, that should have been instead of this picture of Crash, it should just be that that spider, <laughs> that spider, spider lady. Uh, Red, if you can find the spider lady, swap her in real quick. No, don't you? No, less people need to see this image. <laughs> I, I don't want to look at it anymore. Um, moving on from all of that stuff from the corporate report and from this sexy spider boss, uh, I did want to talk about another thing that came up this week when it came to uh, the mysteries of the PlayStation 5. Because uh, again, I feel like we could spend the hour just being like, hey, it's, it's two months out. Why don't we know anything? But one of the weird things we don't know about is the full extent of backward compatibility, which I would say since Sony first talked about it when it came to PS5 in February at like Mark Cerny's talk, the messaging has been confusing to begin with. Uh, they first announced it and were like, 
the top 100 games will mostly be playable. And then they were like, no, that was an example. And then they were like the majority of all 4,000 games, but still haven't given many details on it. And they just outright will not say whether or not PS1, PS2, and PS3 games will be backward compatible. Uh, So this week there was a Ubisoft support page listing that said, hey, PS1 through PS3 games will not be supported. They are just not backward compatible on the PS5, so don't try to play them. Then that text disappeared from the Ubisoft support page. It's no longer mentioned. There's no mention of PS5 backward compatibility on the Ubisoft support site when you look for that stuff. Um, It's all gone uh, as of right now, and Sony hasn't officially commented. We reached out for comment, of course, and they haven't said anything. Um, And we've talked a lot about, I think, what we're expecting from backward compatibility in this next generation, but I guess I want the first thing I want to ask both of you is because it was not something we got when it came to the PS4, like we did not get any PS1 through PS3 physical or digital download backward compatibility in that way. Were you expecting or were like, does backward compatibility matter to you when looking forward to the next generation? Like, is that something that really will matter to you when you're deciding what to put money down on going into this next gen? No, not not for me. I mean, I'm kind of I'm all in anyway. So I'm going to try to like take that hat off for a second of like, I'm just going to buy whatever box you make because I like games. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like backwards compatibility can be nice. And as a Nintendo fan, I'm like, we're always asking for like ones. We, and we don't even we're not even asking to like carry it over. We're like, can I buy it again? Is that yeah. an option? <laughs> so we're really really like thirsty (laughs) like it's just part of being being a nintendo fan um but the reason for that is is because like the franchises just run so much like deeper and like longer than they do for any other company when it comes to nintendo like with sony i didn't even play very much of like the ps1 and i like i got into the ps2 and like i do have fond memories of it like i'm always talking about jack and daxter whenever i'm here like i you know i would love to own that on ps5 because i own it on literally every other console (laughs) that's come up on but it's not something that I feel like I need kind of to go back to what you were saying at the top of the show. There's so much new stuff coming out and they ha- like keep kind of refreshing things. And sure, they do have some franchises that do have a long history, like Ratchet and Clank and God of War, if you're counting all the games and not just the, the sort of reboot. It makes it so that I'm not really like, oh, if I don't have backwards compatibility with the other consoles, I feel like I'm missing out on something. Like I don't have that sentiment because of those reasons. Um, being that you know one there's always new stuff and then two the old stuff just doesn't i don't want it as much and that's not because it wasn't good it's just not something that i'm like dying to be able to play the same way i am for maybe like a company like nintendo and then if you think on the other end of the spectrum with like what xbox is doing um xbox really needs to do as much as they can because they're lacking in new games and exclusive games and the halo just fell through and like all they really have is game pass so it makes sense that they have to do that. Like Sony is kind of in a position where they don't have to. Um, that doesn't mean they shouldn't or that it wouldn't be nice. Um, but because they're in a position where they don't have to, it also puts me in a position where I don't feel like I need those things because they're providing so many, so much else when it comes to next gen. Yeah, I, I think it's a like I backwards compatibility with PS4 games is I feel like that's a must. The spider's here. It, <laughs> God damn it, get that out of here. Get it out of here. It's awful. Okay, so um, those who are watching on video, though, it doesn't look sexy here, but it's meant to be, like, if you see it, like, yeah, you know, and this is I just mean, what I feel like they were going for. It's not what my interpretation, it is what hey, I felt like they were giving me. If someone's into that, I'm not going to knock it. This is a, I'm not I even, was told this is a, a free space. Gotta be like a rule 34 for that. I don't, that's <laughs> not good. Um, anyway, as I was, what I was saying, I, I think like realistically, how like if I get a PlayStation Five, 
it's going to take a cool minute for me to be like, I can't wait to boot up my favorite PS3 games. Like there's just, I just feel like there's not a scenario where I'm going to be doing that. You know, like I, I honestly, like I'll occasionally dip into like, um, you know, I'll, I'll get like a weird, be like, Oh, what's a, what's a 360 game I miss playing or like, what's a, you know, what's an older game I wanted to look up and I'll, I'll check that, like um, that Xbox backwards compatibility list. And almost without fail, it's not the thing that I want to play isn't on there. So I'm just like, well, whatever so much for that idea. You know, it's always like some weird bad license thing that I have vaguely <laughs> fond memories of, but um yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird that we got in this position of like demanding backwards compatibility. And like, I think it's I think it's great. I, I'm not against it. But as far as it being sort of like make or break, it's like, I mean, the idea of getting a new console is to play new games. Like, that's kind of it, you know, and like, I think like having a obviously having a huge library of digital games, you'd expect that that would come with you. But it's I don't know. It's odd. Like I I have like I don't do a lot of um PC gaming, but I have, you know, I have a Steam account. I've got a handful of games on there and I've got some older stuff that just doesn't work. Like it just, it, you know, you got to do some like back end fidgeting around to get it to get it to run proper. Like we, Brian and I tried to do a let's play of, um, God, what was it? I want to say, oh, it was something, it was something not even that old. Um, <laughs> it was like, it was like crazy taxi or something. And we had to completely like fiddle around with the settings to get it to work properly. And it wasn't like, you know, it's like playing on a freaking gaming PC. It's not like a, a hardware issue. It's just it's just old software and it, yeah. it didn't play well with whatever we had going on. So it's, you know, um, that that happens on uh, the iOS store, too. Like there are just apps that old games that just don't work anymore because they aren't supported by the, the way the new app store like restrictions work. So, yeah, there's it it's a strange time. Like I get why people would want the PS4 to PS5 jump, especially because like you were saying, Max, like we do have such a digital library, a lot of us now. Uh, so to be able to carry that over, but at least for me, like I don't have most of my PS2 discs anymore. So I am okay that I can't play PS2 discs in my PS5. I wish there was a better way speaking sort of to the Nintendo side, like you were saying, Janet, if they offered a lot of those old games, like on the PSN, I'd probably buy a few of them for like nostalgia's sake. And obviously like when Nintendo did that, I bought them on the DS, on the Wii, on the Wii U. Like I was okay rebuying Super Mario World a dozen times because it's a great game. And there are probably PS1 and PS2 games I would rebuy several several times because i love them but it's yeah it's that strange thing of i think you totally nailed it janet like they they don't have to and so i get why they're not doing it right now um it, it's a weird time and i, I wouldn't be I surprised think... if, sorry go ahead oh um no go ahead i cut you off i was just gonna say i wouldn't be surprised if when eventually they do offer that stuff they do really put the focus on playstation now uh and the ps2 and ps3 games there that are available as the way to get those games for sure if anything i hope this makes them make ps now better because it's still just not an appealing service to me based on the price point and what they're offering um especially when admittedly like as much as i love game pass i don't know if i'm always getting my money's worth i know that's a me problem but <laughs> i'm also the person that bought it so yeah um yeah I, I think they have some improvements to make on that like if they could somehow like replicate game pass they would have literally everything um but i'm kind of surprised that people were so drawn to this like story of a possible the possibility of lack of backward compatibility because from the jump for ps5 like the marketing has just been over and over again new console new games new controller we're off that ps4 stuff we're on we're on ps5 now it's it's ps5 time and i feel like <laughs> try bringing in like oh by the way you can play like your old ps2 games kind of goes against that whole narrative of like they're sort of trying to say this is this is so new it can't even comprehend that old like the old games that you have um 
yeah, that's basically what their marketing has been and what they're kind of going for. This idea of like, these are games that like can only be played on this hardware because this hardware allows for like designers to do things that like weren't possible. And they're really trying to like sell you on that. And sure, some of that might just be they want to sell you a new thing because it's more profitable. But some of it, I think, has a layer of truth to it. So it just it just makes sense to me that they're not looking at that as like a big selling point. And I'm guessing we haven't heard anything because the news is bad. And also kind of like, why would we expect it? So I think they're like, I think the feeling is I can get away without with not talking about the fact that's not backward compatible, which is technically a negative thing. So let's just do that. Yeah. Because just let people <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's totally a pretty good uh, depiction of I, where we're at right Red, now. Red, you're so. doing such a good job all the time, especially today. <laughs> oh my God. Please look at the video version of the show. It's so good. Yeah. If you are watching or if you're listening to the audio version, I definitely recommend uh, understanding Max's bewilderment at what we have going on. on it's the video some, I love that little robot so much. He's great. Uh, it's great how he went from like that pack in thing on the PS4 that I'm like, why would I want this? It's in a junk folder on my PS4 to like, oh, Astrobot's one of my favorite games of the generation. That, that but he's a pack in again. Yeah. Um, he got like re repackaged. I, I feel like that's the life of the Astrobot. It will be pack in great game, pack in great game uh, when Astrobot Two comes out, uh, which will, could be potentially years from now. So who knows? But I do want to talk about uh, something that we should be finding out about within the the next few weeks when it comes to uh, when we'll be able to buy PS Fives. And uh, Janet, this kind of goes back to what you're saying of like I'm all in. I've accepted. I'm buying this box, so I'm just going to buy it. But uh, last week up on the official PlayStation site out of nowhere, not announced, not touted at all by PlayStation. There just went up a page that was like, hey, put in your PSN ID and based on your past PlayStation history, you might be able to pre-order a PS5 from us. That is where we're at in the PS5 pre-order story right now. It's very possible by the end of this uh, episode or by the time it goes up tomorrow, PS5 pre-orders are announced in official capacity because that's just how it works. But where we're at right now is Put your name in a lottery and hope that maybe uh, Herman picks your name out of a, a virtual hat. That's and that's not how you stuff. that's not how you sell a console. That's how you tell somebody that you'll keep their resume on file. But we're not hiring right now. Like to just be like, yeah, I mean, if we feel like selling it, we'll let you know. But right now it's just like, what? Like, what is that? I I, I signed up for it, though. I want. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I hate no. the situation, but it is also hilarious. So I can appreciate the hilarity of it. But it feels like I, when this happened, I put up uh, this is going to be a very specific reference to like only a few of you out there. But if you watch Grey's Anatomy, that speech that Meredith gives Derek of like, so pick me, choose me, love me, that little speech <laughs> um, where she's just so desperate, but just just like professing her love to someone who clearly doesn't like is just going to like burn you. Spoilers for Grey's Anatomy. Um, and then also <laughs> not it's really long. <laughs> but that, that's what I feel like this is. It's like this is a relationship where clearly I am desperate and you not only don't care but you're just like very open about it you're like you know i'll see you or not maybe oh wait was that tonight oh i can't how was it though like stop just stop texting me also oh, i should have deleted your to... number <laughs> were we supposed to hang out this holiday that's actually next holiday i'm sorry yeah. that's where it's oh, coming in hey astrobot hey buddy where is it? Right so right accurate there. so and, and then i think that it's really vague. I'd feel so much like less weirded out if they were like, we're going to pick people at random. Like, we'll see. Like, we will only send out like X amount. And then you have like this time to redeem it. Like, kind of like, you know, I've signed up for things like limited run games. That's kind of how their stuff works. Like you sign up 
And if not, you're on a wait list. And then they kind of just go down. Like if the people that got in don't respond or buy it in a certain amount of time, then they go through the wait list. That feels very logical to me. But this whole like, based on your previous PlayStation history, I'm like, damn, are they going to like, like not give me the PS5 because I don't have enough trophies? That's, I don't, <laughs> like, that's like yeah. my fear. They're going to be like, oh, you're a fake. You're a fake gamer. You don't you don't platinum everything. Yeah, it's it, there's no indication of like, is it platinum trophies? Is it number of trophies? Is it number of games? Is it number of hours? I have. Is it just first party games? They'll give you a special nod for it's so just start turning right on all these different. Maybe they're trying to raise activity <laughs> through people's <laughs> paranoia. Just start turning on games and like letting them run for like dozens of hours. The, there are games that you can buy. Just get like a platinum in five minutes. Just go buy all those games, get those platinum trophies, and you'll be good to go for PS5. Finally going to yeah. dive into I Am Bread. Let's go. <laughs> But yeah, it's that strange thing of I, I will say, I guess it does for like us not talking about this for maybe just someone randomly signing up. It does create the like illusion and maybe the real, you know, reality of how much they're able to manufacture. But like, hey, this is going to be a limited run thing this fall. Like there are only going to be so many PS5s to get and they're expecting a high demand. So make sure you are doing everything you can to get in. Like it does create that air of, hey, maybe it's going to be really hard to get a PS5 uh, this holiday. And it, that becomes one of the big stories. Like when the Wii came out, it was, you know, everyone was like, oh, I've been going to Targets every Sunday for the last three months and I can't get a Wii. Why are they sold out? And it, like it became this thing in Nintendo sort of like the talk of... um Forced scarcity is, I think, what we talk about a lot with them because it's never something official, but we always kind of assume there's a little bit of stock being held back uh, is a common thread when it comes to Nintendo. And so I wouldn't be shocked if that's what we're getting this holiday, but also I just there's no indication of how many PS5s we're going to be working with this fall. It's weird. Also, I feel like this isn't what I was expecting when like it came out that PS5 pre-orders won't be a surprise. This feels very monkey's paw of that, like... (laughs) Oh, but we'll email you through this email link to your account. Hope you have it. Hope you didn't mark PlayStation as spam like I did because I got too many emails from them. Um, and then like hope that like you see it in time because like I also don't know, are they going to pass on people? I would assume they would pass on people who don't end up actually pre-ordering. But like, what is the time on that? Like, I don't like having email notifications set up on my phone. Like, this has just all become a very like stressful time. Like, it feels like this. And then also they didn't announce to sign up. They just kind of posted it. So yeah i am kind of suspicious now on just how much notice like i'll be getting to make this purchase or if you'll even tell me i can make the purchase like it's just it's becoming a very stressful time and i don't like it it is funny but i don't like it yeah with our luck the pre-orders will go up at like 3 a.m on a sunday and we'll just wake up to them all being sold out i remember i think it was when switch pre-sales went up i was like on the train home and had andrew goldfarber old uh co-worker text me like hey pre-orders are up i didn't respond for five minutes so he was like hey i pre-ordered you one just in case you can pay me back and i was like oh thank god that was so nice of you but like is that where we're gonna be in a week or two just like goldfarb and brian are both so good about that like that was the same deal with like opening night like star wars tickets and stuff they were always like super on top of it and i was just sort of like I don't know. I'm just like hanging out. Like yeah. they would just text me and I'd be like, I guess I'll buy some of these. Like, it was very what, convenient. Yeah. Jobert and I, uh, Jobert on our video team, he and I would do that for like most major video uh, movie releases. He and I basically, as soon as the tickets would go on sale, would buy like 30 and then slack the whole IGN team and be like, okay, who wants to go? We have tickets. Uh, so it's going to be weird. Yeah. It's like, you can only, uh, you can only pre-order one PS5. There is that. So, uh, if you get, if you were a lucky 
uh, golden ticket winner, you will only be able to pre-order one of the disc or discless versions. Uh, your choice, but uh, we'll see what actually happens there. Of course, I'm, other retailers will be selling it. Sorry, Janet, go ahead. I'm about to make my dad like a PSN account so I can <laughs> just get more chances to like get the notification because I'm just I, worried I'm not going to get like called up, you know. I signed my girlfriend's account up for it too, just in case. <laughs> like two chances is better than one. I'm like, someone's going to get happen. this email. That's all I know. Exactly. Uh, I can't wait. I hope there's no recognition of it. And just suddenly on Twitter, we see some some random person we've never heard of. It's just like, I got it. I got the PS5. And that's how it begins. And it's just a slow, weird rollout. Uh, it feels like that's kind of what we're in for. Um, of course, when PS5 pre-orders do get announced or official or any of that, we'll be talking about that on the show. Uh, but I do want to move on to briefly talk about uh before we get into some of maybe what we're playing or just all that stuff i do want to quickly touch on uh since we were off last week there's been a lot of uh big both this gen and next gen games sort of talked about whether between gamescom uh other events or just other announcements uh dc fandom a lot of big games have gotten showcased announced release dates uh deeper looks. so i want to sort of like rapid fire go through some of the biggest ones i remembered and ask uh both of you just if anything in particular stood out from the last couple weeks of like before the fall rush begins, what games are we really excited about on the way? The the first two I wanted to begin with, of course, were the DC fandom announcements, which were after months and years of rumors. Uh, the new Batman game is not starring Batman because Batman is dead in Gotham Knights. That's the new WB Games Montreal game. It is... Um, third-person action, sort of in the style of the Batman Arkham games. It is not in the Batman Arkham universe. Uh, you can play with up to two-player co-op. We have... I do want to tout uh joe scrubbles on our news team he did a really really good in-depth interview with them after the announcement and got a ton more details about sort of progression uh whether there's level gating co-op single player just the you know differences between all of that but i want to ask both of you what were sort of your impressions of we saw the reveal trailer and like a six seven minute gameplay slice are you both excited are you batman arkham fans are you less excited what what did this reveal do or not do for you do you want to go first, Janet? <laughs> I'll start with Janet. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, that wasn't that didn't turn out how I hoped it would in my head, but <laughs> looks good. I mean, that's like kind of a boring, like quick take, but uh, I played only a little bit of the Batman Arkham games. Uh, it was part of my project and still is part of my project of playing through the top one, the IGN top 100 games of all time that I haven't spent time with. Um, it's like a sub list within a list. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. It totally lived up. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, this one looks interesting. I. I'm curious as to how, like, I think one of the criticisms, especially in the modern era of those games, is that they're not very open. Um, now, granted, I don't think every game needs to be open, but it's definitely a way that those games show their age. So I think having sort of like this leveling system where you can theoretically kind of go anywhere or do things in different orders is interesting in terms of opening that element of the game up. Uh, I am never really that big of a fan of any form of level scaling. I do think they're taking an interesting approach where it's not just like simplistic level scaling it's a little bit more layered in terms of oh you'll see like different kinds of attacks and these like all these wide variations uh, depending on when you encounter like say a boss and depending on what level you're at um so i'm curious as to how that'll play out i'm a little apprehensive of that specific part just because it's like not really something that i enjoy like when there is like grinding or like leveling i like to be able to have the option to be super powered if i want to be uh, or if i end up being just from how much i play and how much side content i do but in terms of just what the game looks like, looks awesome, looks fun, looks very much in the style of like what the previous games have done well. So um, feeling optimistic about this one. Yeah, I, um, I think it 
I think it looks good <laughs> again, but totally in a way that I'm not remotely interested in. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious about that city, but I was like totally hoping it would be, you know, the single player, you know, evolution of, of, you know, the Arkham games, something yeah. along those lines. Also, like I, like I really, I like Batman. A lot of people really like Batman. It's sort of ridiculous how much like non-Batman Batman stuff we have. Like we, <laughs> I mean, like yeah, like we just like. I get that it's a whole universe full of characters. You can do whatever. And that a lot of people want to, you know, they want to do the, the bat family or whatever, but I just, I kind of was just sort of hoping we just get like a new Batman game. And it's, it's like great news. Everyone Batman's dead. And it's like, what the, f- I don't want Batman <laughs> to be dead. I like being Batman. Um, I do wish they would call it the bat family instead of yeah. Gotham Knights. That's a fun oh, title. Oh no. Red stop that. <laughs> Red's doing things with the crash bandicoot photograph for those. Uh, who just listening what to is that program. photograph? I don't want to know. Never mind. That's from my hard drive. Um, no, I, <laughs> sounds I'm, about right. I don't know. Like I just, here's the thing. I just don't really do co-op games. Like I don't have that sort of social side. Like I kind of just like to get lost in these fake worlds. And I totally get that. That's, that's the, the hotness right now. That's the thing that people want to do. That's the thing that companies want to capitalize on. But it's sort of weird to be like, great news. Here's, um, you know, here's the Avengers. And it's like, oh, it's a big social experience. Like, oh, here's the bat. Here's the bat family game. The court with Arkham Knights, whatever. Yeah. But it's like it's like here's you and some friends go cause cause mayhem, cause, you know, cause a ruckus, whatever. And then like Suicide Squad feels like I mean, we obviously have no idea what that game is because it's still like two years out. But like, yeah, I feel like it's just the same thing with just like a different aesthetic and tone. It's just yeah, like, that was again. You, yeah. Like, that was really interesting to me to see that when it was like Gotham Knights was announced as this co-op thing and then Suicide Squad is also this co-op thing. And I'm like, are they largely going to be the same? Like obviously different stories and different universes and whatnot. So they'll have some differences, but yeah, it felt like, oh, so just probably two variations of the same game. But that's like you said, we haven't seen any gameplay of Suicide mm-hmm. Squad, so don't know. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait on that one for sure. I, I do want to ask about Ratchet & Clank though. We saw the extended demo at uh, Gamescom opening night live. Uh, that one, it, it was basically a longer version of the demo that was featured in the PS5 reveal event, which is also sort of the trailer for it. Uh, this was just uncut gameplay running on PS5. Uh, they confirmed it's a launch window game. Who knows how long that window extends for, because I don't think anyone has ever properly defined what a launch window is. Uh, Max, I'll start with you. Did you like anything particularly I, excite you about the so demo? Like, I'm totally like when... With this game, I'm like when dogs see the TV, like sometimes like I'll stare at it for a second. But for the most part, it just it's just kind of like I don't pay attention. Um, And that's not that I'm not interested in. I like I really love the last game. I thought it was really fun, but it's totally like it's this weird. um, This weird ambivalence, because I don't I don't care about the characters or the world, like I don't have any actual fandom. I just recognize that it's a really fun game to play. Um, And so there's this part of me where I'm just like, I don't really care about trailers. Like I saw the one, you know, at the big reveal event. I was like, oh, it looks really good. It looks very impressive. It's uh, technical, technically impressive. But like, I don't know, like I'm I'm excited to play it. I will absolutely play it. But I just am like, I don't really need to like they've kind of already sold me. And I'm like, yeah, I have faith that will be an enjoyable gameplay experience. But (laughs) watching footage of, of the gameplay does nothing for me. If anything, it'll just make it less exciting when I play the game myself, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm very much like I, I'm a pretty big fan of the Ratchet franchise and I'm very much like I'm sold. I didn't need this. I'm glad it's a launch window game like I'm glad it's coming soon, but I I just want to play it. I just want to see how they're using the SSD and doing these cool riffs and everything. Uh, Janet, did it hit you any particular way? I know you're a Jack and Daxter uh, fan when it comes to the Sony side of things, but do I have any Ratchet? Gosh, I probably don't even have any Ratchet and Clank games. I just have this random PSP one, so it doesn't really count that much <laughs> because it's just Ratchet and Clank size matters. Um. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like Ratchet and Clank. I think I get, am branded the Ratchet and Clank hater because I just haven't cared that much about the games lately. Um, what I'm really looking for in this game and what we're getting hints at in the trailers, but we won't really know until we go like hands-on and actually play it, is like what they're going to do to like shake up the gameplay because it's good. It's always a good slash great time. Guns are fun. Platforming is good. Like Ratchet and Clank, it's, it's, an, it's a known quantity and I'm looking forward to the potential of being surprised by something. I think the way that you can use like these sort of like portals, for lack of a better term, or like rifts um, to kind of sort of go through areas within one space, but also like going to different like worlds, also for lack of a better term, is can be interesting. Like I think they might add a letter, level of verticality to the gameplay and to like the combat that I think could refresh it. Just because for me, it's like, oh, it's fun. There's gadgets. It's cool. Like it just kind of I I love that franchise a lot, but it sort of grew stale for me for that reason. So um, gotcha. I do see hints at this revigorate reinvigorating things, and that's what I'm looking forward to. It also just looks gorgeous. Like it looks like you're playing like a cartoon show, which is like really impressive. Um, but yeah, like much like Max, I'm not really here for the lore. Though I am curious. I'm like, wait, how does everything? Ta-? I'm like, I'm gonna have to watch like a, in five minutes to like. I'm like, this is still he's still doing things. All right, yeah, Doctor um, Nefarious and everything. Yeah, Dr. I realized Nefarious. still the- still so well employed. Still being nefarious. Yeah, the, this one, they, Marcus Smith uh, said afterwards, I believe it was him, uh, that this game ties into Ratchet & Clank Into the Nexus, which was the last PS3 Ratchet & Clank game, uh, which the 2016 reboot didn't, like, wasn't a sequel to since it was, you know, a reboot remake of the original. So uh, that's definitely an older game, and I think one of the less played Ratchet & Clank. So I'm curious, I don't know how uh contingent on the stories they've told it's really going to be especially with this being like the debut on ps5 but i'm I'm curious how they nod to the franchise history for sure um i i do want to move on from that big stuff that we're looking ahead to though uh before we wrap up just to quickly ask i know gamescom and now new releases have been keeping us pretty busy but uh, i was curious if you guys have been playing anything uh max i want to start with you i know last we spoke uh dark souls 3 had uh enraptured you are you still i love it i'm having such a good time with it i'm still chugging away I've, it is so much easier than bloodborne was the first time around and i don't know if that's because i've gotten better at games or if it's an easier experience or if i just know what i'm doing more um but yeah i'm i'm uh a good chunk of the way through that game I'm, i think i'm like i think i've sunk like 40 hours into it and i'm at uh the eldritch devourer of gods or something um in <laughs> anorlando which I, there's so many words in those games where I'm just like, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's, I'm having a good time with that. Um, yeah, it feels, it feels like totally pathetic to be like really in on a game from like 2018 and just being really psyched about it. And it's like, why didn't you play this when it came out and people were talking about it and being like late to the party. So it um, happens. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm playing stuff from three or four years ago uh janet you just mentioned astrobot it's one of those things like yeah we have to get to some stuff when we get to it that's okay yeah no i mean uh, gamescom if i'm if i seem at all sort of scatterbrained or low energy gamescom definitely took a lot out of us um and i'm there's always like even when we have like an online event it's still this weird sort of like slump that happens afterwards where i'm just like just kind of spaced out and just (laughs) just tired from being go 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 for a few days but um yeah, we got some I mean, we got some cool reviews uh, that reveals it um, at Gamescom. I think I'm like officially excited for that new Lego Star Wars game. Um, yeah, which I think is just like such a it'll be such like a fun, safe bet of just like, hey, yeah, Lego Star Wars sold. Let's do it. Let's have fun. I'm, I'm bummed it got it got delayed. But um, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those ones I was looking forward to it uh, for this fall. It got pushed to spring 2021, but it's one of those I, there's like 
five or six massive open world games this fall that we'll be playing alongside the console launches. So I'll, I'm happy to have it next spring sort of when I need something a little fun and wackier to like uh, as a palate cleanser from all that stuff. Uh, Janet, what about you? I know you've been playing Astrobot, but uh, you also did a review recently on IGN, not PlayStation related, but still. Yeah, I recently reviewed Tell Me Why. Um, so that review is up on the site and on YouTube. Uh, it's for all three chapters, which is a new thing that we've gotten to do where they just gave us whole game we got to just review it all at once instead of episode by episode um so check that out it's fairly like non-spoilery like i tried not to say any plot points other than things that happened literally in the first like five minutes of the game um so that's up and then i am playing marvel's avengers because i'm working on the guide <laughs> so um i know it may come as a surprise because i was pretty negative on that game but um uh, you know the job is the job and i'm actually enjoying it a lot more than i thought i would granted i thought i would not enjoy it so that bar was <laughs> admittedly low but uh it's a pretty good time the story is interesting um it's definitely very like straightforward and run of the mill so like i'm having fun with the platforming but it's not like the platforming is crazy intensive it just feels good to kind of like swing around in the world and i think that the characters control really well and the abilities are interesting so that's mainly what i'll be playing for the foreseeable future, uh, I'm going to try to sneak in some uh, games that recently came out, like Spiritfarer, I really want to play. I like want to play that game so bad, but I just have not had time. <laughs> and I'm really trying to catch up on anything that we are considering for awards for 2020, be it Game of the Year or just like Notables. Um, I'm definitely behind, but I'm trying to catch up. Um, so I'm going to be looking at filling those gaps in the coming weeks and months, hopefully, before we have to actually give our opinions. So I'll have opinions <laughs> to give. <laughs> That's the ideal, at least. No, I know what you mean. I feel like even though we've been obviously home more, I feel like I've had less time to play games just because of adjusting and uh, the way our workflow has changed and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, de I'm definitely right there with you. Spiritfarer is one of those ones. And when Lucy's back on the show, she has uh, every intention to gush about the game. She's absolutely loving it. And I'll let her speak to that when she's back on. But, yeah, I'm I'm with you playing Avengers, uh, liking it more than like the beta left me like, oh, yeah, I'll enjoy, enjoy this enough, I guess. But the the story has been really enjoyable so far. I do not know how it's going to feel as a game I play for weeks and months to come. That's definitely a like, we'll see how that goes. But uh, at least campaign wise, I like what they're doing so far for sure. Um, but I believe, unfortunately, we're at time. And unless Red has any other surprise Crash Bandicoots to show us, uh, I think we'll wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Beyond. Uh, thank you to Red, our producer, and thank you to Janet and Max for being on this week with me. Uh, wanted to give a shout out just to both of you. One, Max, uh, amazing job on Gamescom and all of that to you. And obviously the whole team, I just want to tell like the entire IGN team put so much work into this event. Uh, obviously it's an all digital one, as Max was saying, but it was still a huge team effort. Uh, and so uh, thank you for all the work you put into it. And thank you to anyone who watched uh, live, tuned into VOD stuff, just checked it out. Uh, it obviously was a really, really big uh, team affair. So thank you for uh, checking all that stuff out. And thank you for everything you guys did for that. Uh, and Janet, best of luck with this fall to come. Obviously, we'll have you on some of the biggest games show up, but I like on the guide side, it's like, man, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a crazy year for that stuff. So yeah, um, I'm not envious of that necessarily, but I'm excited to see all the work you guys do. Uh, always extremely helpful. And I use our guides far too often because uh, I get lost very easily. So thank you for all you guys are doing. Thank you for uh, getting lost. Yeah, of course. Anytime. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just want to, you know, before we wrap up, miss you both, miss being in the office together, miss, you know, saying hi and making yeah. dumb jokes in person. But it, it's nice to be able to at least check in with you all. Period. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's going to wrap it up before I get any sappier. Uh, thank you so much for listening and or watching this episode of Beyond. Uh, Beyond is normally live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond and your favorite podcast services around the world. Uh, since we're off for a week, apologies if uh, you forgot about us, but we're back uh, and definitely going to be covering the crazy fall slate of games and new consoles as they uh, actually get information about them. So I uh, hope you'll tune in for the ride as we go through it all together. Uh, but that wraps us up for this week. So thank you so much for watching and listening. And as always, Beyond. Beyond. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.